Hello everyone, welcome back or if you're new, welcome to the All Authentic Podcast, the space where you can be your all authentic self with conversations on self-understanding, mindsets, personal growth and so much more. I'm your host Abby and today we are diving into the topic of manifesting healthy relationships. Just to clarify, I'm very much a single girlie at the moment, but when we talk about relationships, we're not just talking about romantic partners, although a lot of this may seem like it could be applied a lot to romantic partners you can also use a lot of these tips to foster better connections between your friends networks and families this episode is going to be you guys and I on a journey because this is something that I'm actually currently working on and I didn't think I had the experience to even talk about this and that's my imposter syndrome coming in slightly but I do think that I've made progress on the topic i'll explain a lot of this further after our daily segment if you guys are new to our podcast our daily segment covers the highs lows and expose of my week of my past week and it's just been a few minutes aimed at catching up and seeing where we're at if you guys want to comment your highs lows and inspos on the little q a section below or the comment section go for it i'd love that um but yeah let's get into it so my high of the past week I think I have two because I actually took a little bit of a break from the podcast just because I felt like I wasn't helping people sometimes and then literally straight after I took a break I had a few people commenting saying that my content was really helping them so it's given me some motivation to get back into it, but I think part of it was also because I didn't feel prepared with the episodes and I just wasn't happy with some of them and that's kind of put me off, but we're back. We're back for good, kind of. If I need to take a break, I'll tell you guys. But the highs of my past week, I spent some time in Bristol. I spent a week, maybe five days in Bristol with my sister. She's going to uni there. It's the first time that I drove by myself on a motorway and back. It was a three-hour, four-hour, let's push it, four-hour with the brakes, four-hour each way car ride, and I did it. And it didn't, it honestly didn't feel that long to me, but it might to other people, but it didn't feel that long to me, and I actually quite enjoyed it. I feel like now I find motorways and a roads a lot easier if you're in the UK they're called motorways and a roads I'm not sure what they're called in other countries but I just feel like I find them a lot easier because I feel a lot safer with other cars around me so if anything goes wrong I know I'm safe and my other high of the past week was that I joined the gym yesterday and I haven't been to the gym in the past year I think I went last year if I'm getting this right I went last year and I was very focused on going consistently and doing weightlifting. But the only thing was once I got into the whole weightlifting journey, I kind of, my focus shifted back onto body image, which wasn't great. Um, And that's why I kind of took a break from the gym, started running and doing all that. And now I'm back at the gym because I don't feel as safe running during winter especially because I do my movement sessions very early in the morning especially with uni coming up it 
kind of I prefer it to be quick and simple so I prefer going to the gym and now my gym's been really like hella renovated it's got everything I want it's got a new sauna as well which is insane you never had a sauna but yeah I'm really glad to be going back to the gym and putting in the work to better myself mentally because I just feel like as much as I say that body image really counts towards your motivation for the gym I think the way you feel mentally is such a big part of it and I found that out today because I did a one hour cardio and core session and I've, I don't think I've ever spent that long in the gym not doing weights but I had fun with it and I really enjoyed myself and felt so much better afterwards and so much more energized. So I'm really looking forward to going back and working on different kinds of workouts and joining Pilates classes, yoga classes, because my gym does those, and also swimming and tennis, potentially. I don't know. I just want to try out different things. So we'll see. My low of the past week might have been taking a break from the pod. That might have been a slight low for me because after that, I felt like I didn't really have anything to do, especially because I still haven't gone back to uni yet. So I don't really think I've had a low for the past week, except for that. Maybe like job rejections too. I feel like I've been rejected from basically every single job that I've applied to so far. I've applied to nearly 30. And if you take away the jobs that the companies that haven't replied, I think every single one I have been rejected from a few I've gotten through to other stages which I'm quite proud of because I'm not that great at tests and a lot of the job applications have tests along with them especially grad job ones now so yeah I'm proud of myself for how far I've come with those but not so proud of myself with the amount of effort and time I've put into applications and they've been rejected without even passing like the first stage and my inspiration of the week, ooh, have been inspired by anything. Ooh, okay, so I've actually come across two new newsletters. Oh, and I've joined a book club. Oh, okay, this is, there's so much to talk about. So I've joined a book club that one of my friends and um, kind of former boss, former manager kind of thing, so she's taken over a book club from someone else who has moved to London. So they have a London branch and Brighton branch. And I will link it in the show notes below. But you have to pay £15 to actually join like the group chat book club. Yeah, so I am doing, I'm going to my first session next week, which is going to be really fun. And I'm excited to chat about books. I've really been getting into reading. Um, I think I've been hitting like one book a week or one book every two weeks, which has been pretty good for me because before this, before last year, I got into a huge reading rut and I don't think I read all that much. So now I'm in a phase where I hope it's a phase that never ends. Now I'm in a phase that I don't want to stop reading <laughs> and it's basically become part of my routine. I've been reading pretty good books and really interesting ones and learning a lot which has been great so I'm looking forward to the book club and then what else was I talking about oh the two new newsletters okay the two new newsletters have been there's one called service 85 or service 95 that Julie is doing 
that's more of a cultural thing but I've just found how she writes really interesting and now I just really want to start a newsletter but that's something for another day and the other one is the one-to-one-to-one or the one-two-three newsletter by KT I'll link it I'll link it in the show notes below because I genuinely can't remember names but I've been reading newsletters the past week and they've just been really interesting so I've been enjoying that form of content as well and I've really been loving discovering new forms of content to learn from so as well as podcasts I now have newsletters that is all done and as I mentioned earlier I'm working on my relationship journey with you guys because I've had a bit of a relationship cleanse over the past few months and by this I mean letting go of people in my life or distancing myself from them not because they're bad people or anything or like yeah we've had no one's had drama but I think genuinely just because we've grown apart and that's a challenging part of life that we go through and sometimes it doesn't make sense a lot of my friends and I met earlier on at university and I feel like the interests and commonalities that you have coming into university being 18, 19 has shifted so much to the point where you end up graduating and not having anything in common <laughs> and ending up completely different to people who you were at the beginning. So now I'm at a point in my life where I'm manifesting and finding people through my interests now and more importantly people who've worked and continue to work on themselves I feel like sometimes reflecting back on my relationships um and this mainly includes friendships I've not had that many people who've sort of pulled me up and more so anchored me down or kind of kept me in the same place so yeah I am working on finding people who are more inspiring and it's kind of the saying that goes if you're the smartest one in the room you're in the wrong room because you should always be surrounding yourself with smart people or people who are smarter than you and inspire you. So based on my journey so far I've split this topic into chapters and it might turn out to be quite a lengthy episode but we're okay with that. So chapter one is defining what a healthy relationship even is. So we're talking about key elements and I'm going to be sharing some stories of what I've learned from past relationships that I've taken on in the connections I'm building now. Chapter number two is exploring how self-love and acknowledging your worth can play a huge role in attracting and maintaining like-minded people. So I'll be sharing a few practical tips for essential practices. Chapter three is explaining the concept of manifestation and setting intentions. Chapter four is addressing some common beliefs that can limit your manifestations. And I'm going to give you some ways in how you can identify these limitations. And chapter five, as you know, at the end of every episode, I'm going to give you some actionable steps that I've been doing. And okay, I haven't found a guy. And if you're looking into this episode to have get some tips on how to find a guide it's not going to work um but what I've been able to identify is people who've been anchoring me down and I want to help you guys identify the same kind of thing and how to attract like-minded people even on dating apps which I've now stopped so that might not be as helpful but I've had experience in it so yeah so the first chapter is defining healthy relationships 
to me, a healthy relationship of any kind is a relationship based on mutual impact. And I've made a mini podcast episode on this where I talk about mutual impact versus adaption. But essentially, it means allowing each other to change and to be their all authentic selves and accepting all of that as it comes. It's based on mutual respect for each other, as well as trust, honesty, and shared values. There are four kinds of relationships. Agape, which is a charitable love. It can be a relationship with you and service to others or you and your relationship with God. Philia, which is a friendship bond. Storge, which is the love between yourself and your parents and all your kids. And romantic relationships like partners. So I'm going to preface this video, this video, I'm so used to doing episode, video episodes. I'm going to preface this episode by saying that healthy relationships always have its challenges, but all parties, including yourself, have to be willing to push through it together. It's just as you are not your failures, but you are how you overcome those failures. So as well as this, so as well as this trait of being willing to stand beside each other, here are a few other traits that I look for. Number one is someone who's engaged with their vulnerabilities. If that person or those people have worked on noticing why they're vulnerable and what kind of things they need to work on, trust me that that relationship will go a lot more smoothly. Please don't be coming into a relationship thinking you need to save a person or work on them for them because internal work can only be done internally. I've gone into relationships thinking I can fix people, but that person has to fix up themselves. People will never change for someone. People will only change for themselves. And they have to learn to love all parts of themselves before they learn to love someone else. Number two is self-sufficiency and self-understanding. This sort of goes along the same lines of learning to love yourself as you are. But let me quickly go over what self-sufficiency and self-understanding are in terms of what we're talking about. Self-sufficiency is basically being able to meet your own needs independently of anyone else. And this is so essential in relationships because I know it's so, so easy to rely on others when you have the ability to do whatever it is yourself. This can be in any kind of relationship too. So an example can be if... A friend isn't doing too well in a class and you are, that friend may keep relying on you for notes and after school help as well as the emotional reliance and this just isn't okay because I get that you want to support a loved one. You have to think about yourself though, you have to think about how much you can take on at a time and doing your own work as well as someone else. You have to try not to be pulled back in an effort to help them. This can apply in relationships where one partner has lost their jobs and being financially reliant on the other could be an alert for that partner to find a job and get on the job hunt. Self-understanding is knowing your strengths, weaknesses and values. I think you always have to know yourself better than anyone else because you only have you infinitely and indefinitely but in relationships, self-understanding makes sure you're able to set goals for yourself and be able to make informed decisions yourself. Number three is liking who you are when you're with that person and they're reflecting the goodness back to you. This idea came up after I watched 
the Rani or Rocky movie because I bored. And if you guys have seen that, let me know what you think of it. But it gave so much power to the core strength of love, no matter what your race is, your religion is, your financial background is. Nothing really matters all that much in love other than how much you love that person and you love that person's soul. It did make me reflect on the kind of partner I look for because previously, when I was so picky with what they studied, what uni they went to, what job they had, the most important thing is a good heart. Because when I was looking at all those particulars, I was paying attention to the ambition of a person. And I don't think ambition can be defined by your academic scope. In the end, someone can have all the little things you're looking for, but they can miss having a big heart. And you can miss having them be a good person. You need to like who you are with that person. They need to be able to bring the best out of you and vice versa. And I'm not talking about being smart, but the smiles, the thinking about them constantly wherever you are, because that person has become home for you. And one important thing someone needs to bring out in me particularly is Siva. I already have that want, but it's a quality I want my partner to reflect back to me and it has to be an important value to him as well. Number four, finding a home in them. I don't know this feeling personally, I have to admit, but to me, someone would feel like home when I feel safe and I can't stop smiling around them and when I begin seeing them in everything. And this also stands for friendships as well. But yeah, I haven't come across this personally, but let me know if you have and how, if you kind of agree with what I'm saying. Number five is honesty. Girls, if you were thinking, oh, here it comes. Yeah, you were right. I've been lied to multiple times by guys and each time it begins to hurt less, but that doesn't mean you tolerate it. If you want high standards in dating and in friendships, keep this rule close to you and stick to it. If they lie, even once, because they will continue to do it again and again, leave. Men who hold themselves highly and have worked on all the things that I've mentioned previously wouldn't dare lie to you. Like, what is the point? And the last one, withstanding difficulty and accepting that both of you have flaws. Don't look for the perfect person because you will be looking forever. You will recognize that we're all human at some point and we all have things we need to work on. And that is the most important step in your journey to finding a healthy relationship. And that's what makes relationships so special because personal growth with help from your loved ones is the best kind of growth there is. Relationships can also hit the rocks when there's growth to be made, but that doesn't mean giving up on each other because how you overcome problems is what makes a team. This You can see this in workplaces as well. You can't overcome problems by yourself. And what makes a good team is a team that works together on problems. If you apply this to relationships, you can't call yourself a team before you do that. In chapter two, we talk about the power of self-love. A big part of being in a healthy relationship is investing in yourself just as much, if not more, into the other person. This chapter of the episode was actually inspired by a quote from Jane Eyre, and I saw it in the book I was reading called How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicola Perra. I've officially finished that book, but the quote said, 
I have an inner treasure born with me, which can keep me alive if all the extraneous delights should be withheld or offered only at a price I cannot afford to give. Basically, it talks about having responsibility to yourself to respect and learn to use what you have. It's so important, especially when it comes to the independence of both parties in a relationship. If you're stuck on the kinds of things you can do, here are a few ideas of things to do to promote independence and self-love. Number one is to encourage personal goals. Step one within this is actually to sit down and talk about each other's goals. What do you both want to achieve in the next one, five, ten years time? Make a rough timeline of when you want to be achieving these goals and how and begin working on them independently with the encouragement from the other person. I want to also keep reminding you that although I'm talking about two people, this can kind of be in any relationship. So you can do this with your parents, your cousins, your friends, your work colleagues. But throughout this video, I'm talking more so romantic partners. But yeah, as I said at the beginning, you can use all these tips within any relationship type. Number two is to respect each other's alone time. Yes, although we are human and we enjoy our social engagement with other people, we also just need our space to just do ours for a little while. You don't want to be feeling suffocated. And a good way to do this is, especially if the both of you have some kind of shared calendar, I just think that would make things easier, is to slot in where you want your alone time and let that time just be for you. Meaning limit communication with that other person for the time being. I'm not talking completely, obviously, to be safe, share what time you'll be getting home, that kind of stuff. But more importantly, enjoy the quality time you have with yourself. Number three is to maintain individual hobbies. I've had discussions with guys about this multiple times and it either ends with let me share that hobby with you or I don't like that you have this hobby. Here's a reminder that there is always an in-between. You may find that with a partner you share hobbies, in which case that's something that's included in quality time with them. But more importantly, you have to have hobbies of your own and you have to have hobbies that you use as your quality time your partner doesn't have to love your hobbies or dislike your hobbies there can be a mutual tolerance for them I think and I think the key here is that if that hobby or that activity makes them happy their happiness is all that you should care about now if the activity is something that might get them killed then the care might come in slightly more but that's something you can totally have a discussion about. Number four is to maintain individual friendships. Kind of similar to the previous one, but make sure you both have independence in your friendships. You don't have to have the same friendships. If anything, I think that can make things quite messy. I'm talking from experience here. Along with this and the previous tip, I guess, what I want to emphasize is you both had your own lives before the relationship happened and it's essential to keep a slice of that previous life with you whilst you're still trying to merge your lives so that includes friendship that includes hobbies that includes work practices and the last one is communication I'm all for weekly checkups with each other I love the idea and I think it's a great way to spend quality time it allows both people to express their thoughts and concerns freely a healthy relationship is all about allowing the other person to freely be them 
and tackle potential argument starters before even engaging in an argument. Now onto a topic I think doesn't get enough credit, and that is setting intentions and the law of attraction. I'm not an expert on this, but I've manifested opportunities thanks to the magic of the law of attraction. So I'm going to try to explain it in a way that doesn't sound as complicated as a lot of people make it out to be. So essentially, the law of attraction is the concept of like attracts like. So the words you speak, the thoughts you think, the actions you do all equate to the kinds of things and the people you pull into your life. And when you're doing this, do your best not to be vague. So be specific about what you want, whether that is your dream car, your dream degree, your dream partner. And if I'm being completely honest, I think I'm at the point too where I want to begin manifesting the right partner for me as well as manifesting a lot of other stuff. But we're talking about relationships. So I'm going to try not to get carried away here. Here's the thing. The point that I am at now I'm having a bit of a difficult time moving past my past experiences. So if you're sharing this feeling with me, let's work on it together. My most irritating habit is that I know that I deserve the most and beyond, like 100%. Like I know, but I look back on all the days I've been on and relationships I've had and I have lost faith in the fact that men are and can be serious about something that's not playing around with other people's feelings. So first of all, before we start on our setting of intentions, let's remove any limiting beliefs and mind blocks. You can in no way manifest the best when you are basically believing the complete opposite. It won't work. Mindset is probably the most difficult thing to work on because for the past however many years, you have convinced yourself of your limiting beliefs. And it's kind of been conditioned into you. And this topic is actually something I've been working on and discussing in therapy. It's been so useful in terms of the use of affirmations and something called the ABC method. So I'm going to give you guys some affirmations you can use to go from a scarcity to abundance mindset in terms of relationships. And more importantly, going to be explaining the ABC method that's proved so useful when I find my mind switching to a more pessimistic side. So a lot of you may think that affirmations are compatible and don't have much of an effect in terms of how your mind can switch into believing what you think and say. But it is crazy what a month and sometimes even two weeks of practicing affirmations can do. Here are five things that you can say and think to yourself daily. I am deserving of a healthy relationship. I am attracting unconditional love, abundance, high vibrational experiences, and sacred connections. My real soulmate will naturally make me feel seen, heard, understood, appreciated, supported, valued, and loved. I create loving and healthy relationships. I date confidently knowing the universe has my back. Repeat these daily in the mornings or whenever you feel you want to and in times when you're acknowledging a scarcity thought coming on. Affirmations come come in super useful, even when it comes to the rigid mental frameworks we begin to believe from a very young age. So by this, I mean believing we're meant to have certain things and do certain things by some made-up timeline from generations ago. 
And I know everyone has kind of been through this kind of thinking, but this includes having a good job or a fancy wedding or a big happy family by the age of 25. Know that there are so many differences between our generation and the generation our parents and grandparents grew up in. And now we come to the ABC method. This has genuinely saved me the last few times I was thinking negative thoughts. But what actually is it? A stands for activation or triggering event situation. And it doesn't even have to be an event. It can simply be a feeling like most of the time that I've felt. But for this, whenever you feel an overwhelming turn coming, ask yourself these questions. What was happening before I began to feel this way? What was I doing? Who was I with? Where was I? When was it? I know it's difficult to get your head behind how this works, so I'm going to give you an example of something I struggled with a while ago. One of my examples was that I got easily triggered by conversations on mental health, especially after having a past experience of this and after I was hitting rock bottom at the age, at a very young age actually. And I was going through my healing period for it for years now, and I still think I'm kind of going through it right now. Step A, broken down into these questions, helped me identify what in particular I need to work on, whether it be the people around me or the activities that either gave me energy or drained my energy in places that worked in my favor or didn't. B stands for beliefs. This is quite self-explanatory, but some questions to ask yourself can be what thoughts were going through my mind? What images were going through my mind? What did these thoughts or images say or mean about me? And what's the worst case scenario that can happen? I find the last question is so important because half the time when you ask yourself this, it kind of brings everything into perspective. Like what is the worst case situation And most of the time, it's really not that deep. I'm not going to go too much into this with my example because it can be very triggering. But as I said, quite self-explanatory with the answering. Finally, C stands for consequences. And something my therapist said was the same activation event with a group of people can result in different consequences altogether. So a few questions to ask yourself can be, What are three feelings I felt post-activating event? Rate the intensity of what those feelings were on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being least and 10 being very, very intense. How did your body feel? What did you do as a result of these feelings? And what did you feel like doing? Something that I recognize is that I tend to feel so much more aware of how my body feels and more aware of the physical sensations rather than mentally and my emotions. So I think these questions comfortably cover both physical and mental feelings. So whichever one works for you and try work on the one that works least for you as well. I think that can give you a pretty good cover as to what works and what doesn't. Okay, so the next two chapters, I kind of re-recorded them because as I was editing I realized that the two last chapters were like completely cut from the audio so I basically had nothing. So we are redoing this and the next chapter is setting intentions. So 
after shifting your mindset into the abundance mindset, we can now finally begin setting intentions to manifest an abundance of healthy relationships. There are three things for me that come into setting intentions, one of which is actually setting intentions itself. The other two are becoming self-aware and taking action. But let's walk through these step by step. So number one is to practice being self-aware. This part is probably the most difficult part of setting intentions. And once I tell you what self-awareness actually means within the relationship spectrum, you'll know why. So here are some questions to ask yourself. What worked well in my past relationships? And this can be all types of relationships, including friends and family and even spiritual ones. And I think this question kind of covers like the basis of what you've already worked on, which has worked well. Um, This can be any kinds of like questions or like conversations that you've had within your relationships, which are working well towards both your personal growths and it works on a healthy communication. Number two is what didn't work so well? And I think this is the most important question to ask yourself. I've done so much of this reflection after both my relationships and I realized that although I can put full blame on my then partners, I also had so much to work to do myself during my relationships that I just didn't do. So Make sure even during your relationships to reflect on where you can improve. And this is where quality time can come in really, really handy. It really, really helps with reflecting on yourself and being at one with yourself and just working on self-understanding because we're all human and we can all make progress somewhere. I'll be honest about a few faults that I've made in past relationships. And I think it's more so being accountable with myself and if you guys resonate with these take this as your sign that you can do a lot better just like me and improve on all these things it is not the end of the world so one thing was that I became quite tunnel visioned and I ended up ignoring very very red flags like prominent red flags um even in the beginning of like the talking stage so this is very common in relationships and all my friends I've talked to have done this And I think this is where independence in relationships can come in so handy. Even when you're in the talking stage, knowing yourself, like remembering who you are and remembering what you want can be so important. I let so many red flags slip in past relationships and ended up getting cheated on at one point. This was no fault of my own, like that was all them. But I've realized that now once I spot even a single red flag, I will end up leaving because That is how much respect I have for myself. The second thing is carrying over trauma. I have had some terrible dating experiences and generally just talking stages with men. I think when you begin dating quite early on, you you can fall for the wrong sorts and it's so easy to slip into toxic mindsets once you begin spending time in the wrong kind of relationships. So now looking back on it, I've had some lovely guys pop up to me and been on dates with some very nice guys. But because of the mindset that I was in, I managed to somehow carry over trauma from the past and toxic behaviors. And I let them ruin what could have been a potentially nice relationship or a friendship, whatever it may be. So being able to acknowledge more negative traits in yourself is very important. The next point in this topic is setting intentions 
this is something essential that I want to point out. You have to be specific about what it is you want within this and go about it in a very optimistic way. So an example is, I intend to attract relationships that are based on trust, open communication, and mutual respect. One way I've set my intentions or begun is to make a list of what my dream man would look like and underline must-haves. This can be personality and physical, by the way. It doesn't just have to be physical. But I also personally don't agree with people who say physical looks doesn't matter when it comes to wanting romantic relationships. Because yes, as much as personality can make a huge difference in attraction, there has to be a physical attraction to begin with. I think it's very important when it comes to like sexual relationships as well. So don't think setting intentions of how your dream man looks isn't important. It's super important just as much as personality is. But obviously personality can make someone a lot more attractive. And the final step is putting action to all of this. And I'd say even setting intentions can be included in this. But more importantly, visualization is the most powerful step. I found it so difficult to visualize in the past, but for me, it's sort of turned into a daydreaming effect. And I even do this when I'm just scrolling on Pinterest. It just makes it a lot more productive and a better use of my time. And that's what I tend to find easiest. It really reinforces my intentions, but to these intentions, I tend to begin adding details and focus on those details. So a few questions I could ask myself is, how does being with that person feel? i.e. do you have butterflies are you excited does that person feel like home like what is that feeling number two is what does being in a relationship with that person look like this can be the kinds of dates you'd like to go on what balancing your day with them looks like your mornings your evenings activities you want to do together and the activities part i do so more with my friendships and i've actually i want to say i've kind of manifested this but I've always wanted to join a book club. And on Wednesday, I am officially going to my first book club, which is very, very exciting. And I'm very excited to make some new connections. And finally, what does it sound like? I.e., what kinds of conversations are you open to? Do you want to work on personal growth together? And if yes, what kinds of questions does this involve? These are some amazing beginner steps to set intentions But now we get into our weekly actionable steps to put all the theory that we've talked about in this episode into more action because actions and just making that first step towards becoming a better self and manifesting your higher self is literally the most important part out of all of this. If you guys haven't heard of our weekly actionable steps chapter and if you guys are new to this, I challenge you in this chapter to put what you've learned in this episode into little sub-actions, mini-actions, mini-goals, whatever that is, and grow through these. So our three things are affirmations, journal prompts, and one big action step that you can do to grow outside of your comfort zone. I've actually covered some of these in our episode in terms of affirmations, so I'm just going to clarify the three that you can practice throughout the day. I attract relationships that are honest based on open communication and mutual respect. I date confidently knowing the universe has my back. I create loving and healthy relationships. Now you can say these in the mirror, you can write them down, or you can even think these. I'm actually working on trying out different affirmation methods and also saying them 
and actually believing them. So I may do a podcast episode on these kind of things soon. But one thing that I've actually been talking about in therapy is making sure I am working on saying affirmations because I can write them down, but it doesn't make me believe them any more than I would if I was saying them. I think the thing with saying them is it's such a big thing for me because that's how I want to grow outside of my comfort zone. When I say them, there are times when I don't believe them. And that that's kind of what makes me give up on actually saying affirmations. Whereas if I've begun saying them, and this one thing that my therapist has said, it is not easy within your first 10, 12, 20 tries to actually believe what you're saying. But it's these thoughts that you have and that you believe daily are conditioned into you. So if you've been saying negative thoughts to yourself for this time, now that you are saying positive affirmations, yes, you won't believe it in the first 20 tries, say, but you will start believing it because your brain eventually plants little seeds and these little seeds are are positive affirmations and what those seeds do are grow over time and the negative thoughts kind of whittle down and die basically so one thing I'm working on is trying to say my affirmations out loud something else you can practice especially as part of your morning or your evening routine is journaling to our weekly journal prompts so my three are what are my biggest insecurities in relationships and what can I do to be more confident about these How do I need to be loved in a relationship? And how can I be a better person for myself and my partner or my future partner? You have to be so real when answering these and honestly take your time answering them because what you write comes purely from your subconscious. So whilst you write, you also learn so much about yourself. And finally, we're moving into the big action step and that is to actually go through all these steps one by one and focus on visualizing your dream healthy relationship. It doesn't have to be a romantic partner. As I said, it can be your dream friendship groups, your dream family, any kind of relationship that you you are thinking of. And that is all for this week. I really hope you guys enjoyed. And actually, I just want to end this by saying, if you are trying to find a romantic relationship, don't, I would suggest not going on dating apps. It's something I've quit doing just because I feel like desperation isn't the way. Um, I know that dating apps do work for some people and if you think it will work for you, go ahead. But I just recommend not going down the dating app route. I recommend literally working on yourself and going through all these steps because you will attract a partner who is more like you. And I think it's kind of like the whole manifestation law of attraction, like attracts like. So if you are the kind of person who is going for high value men, work on becoming a high value woman, because that is literally the main step of attracting someone. So yeah, if you guys did like this episode, please rate, review and make sure to answer in the Q&A what other content you would like to see. It will give me so many ideas. I already have so many, but I really want to make this podcast more based on what kind of content you guys would like to see in terms of self-understanding and personal growth. And 
I guess, journey into our 20s and also go follow the social media channels linked below for similar content. Love you all and I will be back on Thursday with a mini episode. I'm also super excited because I've been planning out some guest podcasts and I can just tell that they're going to be so, so good. So I will see you very, very soon and love you all. Bye.